Welcome to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another edition of DesignCast. Thanks so much for being here and sharing this time with me. You guys are awesome. I think it's great that the audience that this podcast has begun to grow is so passionate and so just giving. And so I want to thank you all personally for being such a great community and being part of this project that I'm so passionate about. Today I have a great uh, interview, discussion, chat with someone who's really close to me. This is my younger brother, Tyler. And I can't wait for you to hear all about um, some of our stories from growing up and, and even as we began our careers. And it's so funny to see how our careers have come full circle. And so I can't wait for you to hear this. He is a specialist, an expert in leadership and in organizations, mostly in faith-based organizations. However, the principles and the tips and tricks that he has are applicable to any circumstance in any situation. And he is an educator at heart, and he's going back into education after a nearly 20-year career working in faith-based organizations. And so I can't wait for you all to hear this. If you enjoy it, please leave a review at Apple Podcast or wherever your podcast fetcher is at. And I appreciate it. If you want to even leave a comment at Anchor, you can leave a voice note and then I can hopefully feature it on a future podcast episode. So thanks so much and stay tuned here for my interview with Tyler Reagan. Hey guys, welcome back to DesignCast. I am super excited. This is a super special family edition of DesignCast. <laughs> and so I'm here with my brother, Tyler Reagan, and I really want to have him introduce himself because I can introduce him, but most of the stories are from like 1982 when we it's were true. growing up. And so I'd like to hear kind of what he's done, but, and I'll tell you our connection later professionally as well, but uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Tyler, thanks so much for being here. Well, this is fun. It's well, I was six in 1982. You would have been nine. So, however, one of the greatest things about when we grew up is, and so last night we have two boys and we pride ourselves in teaching them good music. Like that's a big deal. And last night we were listening to Yacht Rock Station on Pandora and Summer Breeze. Summer Breeze. And the very beginning was that little guitar riff. And as soon as it started, they finished it. And I thought, okay, we're, we're making it as parents. But nonetheless, we grew up in some great music and try to teach people that. You were always buying the CDs because you worked before I did. And so we would listen to, to your terrible music. Like, if you don't know this, he's a huge Midnight Oil fan. I think he still is probably. And I like them too. They're, they're pretty good. Anyway, yeah, so been married for 19 years and have two boys. So that's kind of the highest priority in, in my life. But got a degree from the University of Georgia, like Jason did, in uh, technology education was the only freshman and it was all industrial arts teachers coming back to get their degree. And so it wasn't very hard because it was just transitioning into tech ed. And we did it all in high school because we had an incredible coach, an incredible teacher that 
did that. I still keep in touch with him. We talked about two weeks ago. He's been teaching tech ed and industrial arts for 40 years now. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that has really, he is one of those people that affected my life forever and yours too, that he invested in us and poured some passion into us towards something that who knew that we were going to become part of. And so, but then at college, felt like I was supposed to do ministry full time. So I finished my degree and then went off to get my grad degree in seminary up in Boston. And what's cool about that though, how this plays into all this is when I'm at Boston, you know, I still love production. It's something that's always been close to me. It makes sense, but I'd also lead music. And so on Tuesday, I'd lead music in the chapel of our seminary. On Wednesday, I'm running sound and I worked in the sound studio. So I'm editing all the time and, you know, just launching my own podcast. It's like I'm back into that studio trying to edit out ums and does and whatever. So I've just loved it. I've always loved both those things. And then long story short, ended up for the last 20 years, about 12 of those in, in a pretty big church here in Atlanta, doing that, leading the production team, the tech team, the music team, and the kind of guest service team. And then for the last seven years, led a national Christian leadership organization where we did huge arena events for 10,000 leaders. So again, production, creativity, that's all been my sweet spot and things I love. And so, yeah, I left and started doing my own thing about eight months ago, consulting with different organizations and working for a university, Southeastern University. We'll talk about that in a little bit and actually creating a course now on service production 101. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I, I still, as my brother does, love the Georgia Bulldogs that will always be deep down in our souls. And other than that, I play golf every time I get a chance and love to fish. So I don't know. Does that answer all those questions? Yeah, that's, man, that's great to hear. And I want to just backtrack a little bit about Coach Vandervelde because he's actually come up on podcasts that I've actually been a guest on talking about who inspired me, who yep. gave me passion to be a teacher. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say this here. I hated school. I hated <laughs> growing up in school. It was not a fun place for me. But Coach Vandervelde made me feel included. And yep. he is 150% the reason that I went into teaching was I thought if I can do what he did for me and what he did sure. for you, then I might my job, my life is complete. You know, it's just to build that passion for learning, for caring for other people, because it was more than just coaching, you know, man, he was more than just teaching. He was our, right. he was our friend. He was our mentor. And so I've brought him up multiple times and I hope he listens to this because I really yeah. want to give him a shout out. We'll have to send him the link afterwards. Yeah, but for sure. He's such a great person, you know, for us to even just model ourselves after because he's a humble human being. So I just enjoyed those times with him. And then also, you know, I want to thank you because when I finished my undergraduate degree, I was working in a television station down yeah. in Tallahassee, Florida, and I was making five bucks an hour. And I thought it's to fantastic myself, job. As, on, the, <laughs> yeah, on the graveyard shift, you know, so collecting satellite feeds and different things onto Beta Max at the time. Yep. And I think I called you, I called mom and dad, and I said, you know what, I, I need to think about what I really want to do with my life. And I talked to you a long time on the phone. You put me in touch with the advisor, Dr. Wickline uh, yep. at the University of Georgia. And just so happened that the, the lottery that Georgia had brought in a few years earlier, which you were getting a scholarship for. I, well, I, I got it for uh, the first year. Let's I didn't be want to say, I didn't <laughs> want to say too much. Yeah, it took me a few years to kind of get money, right? You're not you're not the only Reagan that did love school, okay? <laughs> but Which is amazing that we both have master's degrees. I can't, so I'm, I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked. And so, but I want to thank you because that through that conversation, I drove up to Athens. I met with Dr. Wickline. He said, look, yeah. there's such a shortage in this field. As you alluded to, all these industrial arts guys were either retiring or having to upskill. You know, they were having to change. Yep the way they did things. And so I was able to get my master's degree for free through yep. lottery money because they gave me a grant. And all I had to do was agree to teach in the state for a certain number of years, which I did. And so I want to thank you because that, without that, I wouldn't have been in the position I'm in now. Sure. So thanks for doing that.
doing that there, Tyler. And so, yeah, of course. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's so great to hear. Some when of it's funny theory. because you do you remember that article that came out about me and you and our cousin? Yes, who also and our cousin tech, also had the degree. Yeah, we were yeah, three. He never three taught. <laughs> I don't think he ever taught, but he had one know, year. The, he taught one okay. year. <laughs> the fact that the three of us had a tech, not just a teaching degree, yeah, but specifically yeah. in that That's world, right. it was pretty cool. That's right. It was pretty cool. And it's a really tiny group. And what I teach now is also a tiny group globally. And so it was interesting that three cousins were teaching the exact same thing or had right. the same degree at the same time. And so, yeah, it was neat. It was neat. So, so um, moving fast forward a little bit. So a few years ago, you published your first book and yep. it was all about this idea of a life-giving leader. And so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah. and people who maybe haven't, aren't familiar with you and kind of about that concept? Yeah. And if you think us getting master's degrees was a miracle. Take this joker who made a 420 on the SAT the second time in English, which was an improvement from the first time. Not sure I ever would have thought I'd write a book, much less a leadership book. And by the way, just finished book two, which is really pretty surreal. Most people don't even get one deal. Very few get a second deal. And I'm really grateful for that because I don't take it for granted. I'm really honored that they would say yes. And it's a Christian imprint for Penguin Random House based out of New York, one of the biggest book dealers in the, in the world. And so really just, it's a really cool thing. But as I've mentioned, you've heard this through the language. I've done most of my career in the church. And so my book has a lot of faith elements to it. And I remember my publisher asking me like, is this going to be just a leadership book, like a business leadership book, or is it going to have the faith component? And I just remember saying, because you know this, Jason, when I was in high school, it just became very central to me. And I just remember saying, I only know leadership under the context of these guidelines or this faith that I've subscribed to. And I don't know how to... I mean, I, yes, we could take all of that out and the principles will work, but that's not me. Whether I couldn't make a decision going, well, if I go without it, maybe we'll sell more books. I don't care about that. I want to share the message and the principles of leadership that I think are governed by just thinking about seeing people worthy of our best, seeing that people have value, seeing that people matter. So the simple phrase that's in there consistently is that, well, back up for a second. Most leaders, I know a lot of people that don't think they're leaders. The guy, the, the organization I ran for a long time was started by a guy named John Maxwell, who's kind of considered one of the top godfathers of leadership in the US, really all over the world. But John used to say this along a million other people, but leadership is influence. And so when I go and speak, I'll constantly say, okay, raise your hand if you have influence with one or two other people. Everybody does. Then for me, the extra step is just leadership is how you steward your influence. So we're all given a little circle of influence. What are we going to do with it? And what's interesting, I've, with Catalyst, the organization I led, we were next generation focused. And so we always were talking about young, next generation, millennial, Gen Z focused kind of leaders. And one of the biggest challenge we see with next generation leaders is that they want to skip the process and just get to the destination. They don't, we all did, we did too. Like, but the truth of the matter is if you have three people in your circle of influence right now and you don't take care of them, you're not going to get six. I used to, when I first took over at Catalyst, I just was very self-deprecating. Like, I don't know how I got here. I don't have the pedigree, the background, the network, the, you know, I didn't grow up in the, in the right circle to have this position. And then I just started thinking about the fact that, you know, every single little bit of influence I had, I took care of it and I stewarded it really well. And I'm not talking about just the job. I'm talking about the people. And the next thing I knew, I might've had two, I had five. And the next thing I knew I had 10. And then, you know, a few years down the road, I'm leading an organization and kind of the face of this movement. It was pretty surreal. So, so now that we understand that I 
every one of us have leadership responsibilities. We steward leadership. The way I like to describe it is that when life flows from us, influence grows. So those of you who wonder why you can't get ahead, why you can't get that promotion, why you don't have as much influence as all the other people you think you should have it, look around your circle right now. Are you taking care of bringing life to the people around you or are you not? Because if you're not, who wants to be around that circle? There was an Inc. Magazine article posted a few years ago and it said that 65% of people would take a new boss over a pay increase. And I think a lot of people are like, well, really? Think about it. It don't matter how much you get paid. If your boss stinks, if your boss takes life from you, it doesn't matter. It really, this is a way of life thing. And so, yeah, man, it, I just believe the most light, the best leaders in the world bring life to the people around them. And then the second real crux of the book is that to be the most life-giving leader, you have to have become okay with your truest self. You have to lead from your truest self. And I, I tell a story in there about one of the jobs I've had and it didn't fit me and the, me and the lead pastor were not a great fit. And, and he said, we got to the end, I was moving on and he said, Hey, I just want to want to say something because I'm really concerned. And I was like, this is not going to go well because yeah, it, it hadn't gone well yet. And he said, if you're not successful in your next in the next organization, don't blame the organization. It's probably just your personality. And it was just really painful. And at the same time, it became one of the most uh, critical leadership moments for me because I started just going, that's not true. Because in his mind, I'm unstructured, which is true. That's not in his mind. That's true. I lean on my improv and instinct skills way more than I do my planning and detail skills. But in his mind, because of how I was wired, I was not going to be an amazing leader. And I started believing that a little bit. You know, those of us that live in the unstructured versus structured side, I think the culture celebrates the structured side. Uh, you know, people think leaders have to be that. And what I'm grateful for is that I've been able to show that by being actually leaning even more into my truest self, I've actually grown and become more of a flourishing leader than I ever would trying to be somebody I'm not. And so there's an article in there when I talk about this identity piece, lady named Bronnie Ware. She was a hospice nurse uh, in Australia. And for seven years, she would ask people on their deathbed, what is your biggest regret in life? And there was not even a close second. And this isn't a faith thing. This isn't anything. There was just a question. And I think you and I, if we were talking, we'd probably say, oh, we didn't make enough money. Like, what would our regret be? We didn't travel enough or whatever. There wasn't even a close second. Number one was, I wish I'd live a life true to myself, not the life everybody else expected of me. Now that's sad. But how many people do that? They get to the end of their life and they're like, I just did what my circumstance, what my job, what my family expected of me. I never felt like I was me. I never felt like my truest self. So I just combine those things in the sense that the most life-giving people are like a coach Vandervelli to us. He was never putting on a facade. He was not faking it. He was not acting like somebody he thought he was supposed to be. He was who he was supposed to be. And that is how he was able to pour life into us. And so, yeah, that's kind of the big, big rocks of the book. Kind of crazy still that I wrote one. Thank you for that. I, I love hearing it every time. That was a long I, conversation. Sorry was, about that. You know what? Th th that's what I want to hear, <laughs> man. And I want to back up to the very beginning of that where you said, you know, part of who you are, I can't take the faith-based part out of that. But I will tell you, as someone who's worked in predominantly secular organizations, schools, yep. and other private organizations, the principles that you talk about in the book are applicable. You're right. You could take the word church and you could switch it to the word school. It transfers, right? And right. so I think about the circle of influence that I've had over my 20 plus year career. It's so true. The the relationships you neglect are the ones that are going to be the ones that aren't going to, you know, be part of that yeah. circle of influence and right. being yourself, you know, embracing who you are, acknowledging you have shortcomings and because everyone does yep. but acknowledging that and embracing that and, you know, always doing your best to improve, of course, but knowing your limits, but also, you know, going as far as you can to help yep. other people and to be part of that. So 
Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, and of course. you've kind of alluded to this already, but you know, we started as we actually, another little fact that folks probably didn't know, we graduated on the same day <laughs> from the University of Georgia. So mine was a master's degree, yours was a bachelor's degree, but yeah. there was only what, six people that whole day that were graduating with that same degree, I think. Yeah, I don't even remember. I don't even remember college graduation. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it, was, a lot. it was crazy. It wasn't in the It was just yeah. quick, but, but we graduated the same day. And so then you did your student, te- well, you did your student teaching, you graduated, then you right. went into working in a church and then going out for your master's. And then yep. I went straight into teaching. And then a few years later, I was in China and then just kind of bounced around. So full circle, you alluded to it. Tell us a little bit about your current endeavor, your project that you're on, which is your consulting or um, yep. your own working for yourself. And then how that's turned into you being in a teaching position again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. A couple of things. One is, you know, just started my podcast and I've, I've hosted the Catalyst podcast for for about eight years and so it's not a it's not a new thing to me it's new because it's mine and one of the things that's really been stirring in me really probably for two years is I've always curated for everybody else I've always built their things use my skills and whatever to get them in the right spaces and and over that time I've developed the ability to you know speak communicate do those things and create content and it was just time like I knew I was supposed to do that and the same thing with kind of going out on my own I, as I was finishing with catalyst I'd always had about for about eight years, I've had my own side coaching business. I love coaching leaders, coaching organizations, consulting there. And I just knew I was supposed to kind of do that on my own. Our boys are such a good age that if I'm not working, I'd like to not have to go to an office or like, I kind of want to do my own thing. And and as I mentioned, I like to play golf. And so if I could play golf on Wednesday and not worry, somebody's going to freak out or text me and wonder where I'm at. Other than Carrie, my wife doesn't matter, right? Like, so I'm working with a big church in Florida, but I'm also working with Southeastern University, which is a Christian university, but it's the one of the top 10 fastest growing private universities, faith or not, in the country. They've grown from about 3,000 a decade ago to uh, over 10,000. And one of the ways they've done this, and you guys would understand and appreciate this, is they've built this entire model of unrestricted education. One of the things they say is that they feel like one of their gifts to the church and gifts to the Christian faith is accreditation. You know, there's a lot of ministry schools that have no accreditation. And so a, a kid who wants to go into ministry or work at a church will spend three years at this ministry school and then about five years later feel like they need to go a different direction. Well, that doesn't count for anything. So what they started is they they started realizing that what if we created these colleges at these churches and it gives you a four-year undergrad degree in organizational leadership and ministry accredited by Southeastern University while you stay. So you go to school two or three days a week. A lot of it's online. A lot of it's with the staff there. And then you're serving in your local church and you don't go, that's where they want to be anyway. So it's, it's a win-win. So they've got two or three thousand students that are like that. And I think it's amazing. So anyway, I'm also helping lead their leadership event called the forum. And then Chris, the executive vice president, I was super close. And he was like, what if you teach us a class? I was like, okay, I don't think anybody's taught one on service production, specifically around event based and church based. And so that's what I'm gonna build. I'm gonna be a professor. I'm gonna teach it live in the fall. And the cool thing is the event that I'm leading the students that take this course, part of their project will be helping pull off that event. So not only am I going to teach about creativity, I'm going to teach about series planning and booking speakers and how to how to put content together for events and those sorts of things. Now they're going to have to do it because we're going to have an 800 person paid event with these leaders and they're going to have to 
helped me pull it off. So I'm going to teach it live, but I'm also building out a full online course of it, which will be available for anybody. It's not just SEU students. I'm going to have two options. We'll have a non-accredited version that won't be super expensive, just an online course. Or if you want three hours of credit from SEU, they will work with you to put it with it, whatever degree you have. Yeah. So it'll go to all the extension sites and do that. So it's, it's kind of surreal, but it's funny though, because last spring, uh, Chris's wife teaches the honors students and she asked me to come in and spend an hour with their honors students. And just being in that room and then my other friend, Tim Martin, do you remember Tim that was went to high school and we played soccer together? Tim is a professor at Georgia Tech now. So he asked me to come and he does like supply chain or something totally right up my alley. But he asked me to just come talk about leadership and these students were eating it up. And so it just kind of reminds, I told Carrie, I was like, I love that. I just love being in a room where it's not just, I've got to present. It is working through this stuff together. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. And the hard part is with all the stuff with COVID, the big church I'm working with in Orlando has completely had to go online. And this is a massive church. So I'm leading that team. And so I, it's like, I'm working 40 hours a week there. And then I'm trying to do all these other projects. So yeah, man, it's cool though. Yeah, it's, so uh, it's like being a teacher again, man. And so what's, what's interesting here is probably most people don't know too, is that our dad used to teach yeah. uh, mechanics at a local trade school at yeah. night. Which you know, they also don't know that this is the first time I've grown a beard out and I'm uh, convinced that's true. I have his mustache. Like <laughs> he, you do, if you do, if I, I just it. went mustache, that's legit. just like him. That's a just like him. Schneider, man, Thanks. you're ready to go. This dude. is Magnum PI level. That's, so we, we skipped over this. I wanted to ask you, you, you alluded to your podcast. You alluded to yeah. you just finished a new book. If you can tell us a little bit about that, yeah. that would be awesome. So the new podcast is based on the first book, just called the life giving leader podcast. One of the things I am very, and you guys, you know, me, Jason, and I think people that know me, this hopefully is a characteristic that they say consistently, but I am grateful. I just, I don't take any of this for, for granted. And I have some over the years have made some pretty ridiculous relationship connections and especially in my world. But like yesterday I interviewed Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin is a Hollywood producer. He's married to Megan Good, who's an actress that everybody knows. And she was in first or second Transformers. Like she's just crazy good. He produced all kinds of stuff and it's just an amazing guy. We're buddies. And so, you know, when you start a podcast, it really helps to have some people that have some influence to be able to promote. And, you know, so I just kind of with the first, I'm, I'm launching next week. I don't know when this goes out. So it'll be on Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. And I've got 12 episodes already in the can, not all edited necessarily, but in the can. And it's just, it's a little bit, the four things that I'll hit on consistently is faith, family, creativity, and leadership. It's all based on leadership. And so this first run is just kind of people, like one cool dude is Kevin Olasola from Pentatonix, the guy that does all the beatboxing in Pentatonix. He used to do some stuff with us. And for these people to say yes to something that has no reach yet and no connection is really cool. And I'm really grateful for that. So that launches in about a week. And then the new book to me was actually, I think it's better than the first book, I guess, because you get better as you do it again. But for me, it's better because it's a little bit more niche or niche, if you want to say it like that. But my first one was kind of my overall generic leadership stuff. This one is I've lived it. And so it's called Leading Things You Didn't Start. Winning big when you inherit people, places, and possibilities. So like Jason, when you came to this new school in Korea, you inherited stereotypes. You inherited labels of who did it before you, good or bad. You know, there's that's a mix because sometimes you go in and, and the leader before you was awesome. And that's really hard to come in and follow that. Or they were terrible, which was equally as hard. And so for me, 
me, inheriting a national platform was hard because it had a lot of opinions and a lot of people had ideas of what it should be. And it was at the top, of, you know, I wouldn't say the top of its game, but it was close to it. It was coming down off peak a little bit. And there's just a different skill set. And honestly, I made this number up, but I think only like 10% of the world starts anything. Like there's a million resources on entrepreneurship and startup and build your own. Who does that? It's a small number. The rest of us take a job. We take a platform. There's a lot in the next decade of churches that have their pastors founded the church. They're over 55 and they don't know what they're going to do with it. And their founder syndromes everywhere in business and church, nonprofit space where they just go, I, I can't find somebody who would be better than me. Well, it's because you haven't been working on it. So it's a little bit about succession, but it's a lot about how do you win when you do this? I've got four case studies in the back and I, I wanted to make sure I got people from different sectors. And so one of them is a guy named Jim Daly who took over Focus on the Family from James Dobson, who had run it forever and ever, huge national ministry. Everybody has opinion about Focus on the Family, good and bad. He took it, but that was a, you talk about a tough public thing to take over. The second one is a guy named Jimmy Rollins who took over a church for his parents. But the other two, one is Cheryl Batchelder who took over Popeye's. She was the CEO of Popeye's. Great female leader. Just what did you do? How did you do that? How did you change culture? How did, how long did you wait? What does that look like? And then the last one's my good friend, Buzz Williams, who's the head coach at Texas A&M basketball. He just left Virginia Tech to come there. So he was, when we interviewed, he was 120 days into a team that he didn't recruit. So it's just different, a different skill set. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I can't believe I've gotten to write a second book and I'm so glad it's done in the sense of it about killed me. But so th that's the two Man. projects that are kind of cruising. Yeah. That, I mean, that sounds great. And, and you're speaking my language because again, man, like you said, you inherit a program, you know, you inherit a class, right. a, just a person who takes over the seniors yep. who was taught by juniors for some, someone else taught them. I mean, it happens in every organization. Every year for um, you guys. Every, well, for us, yeah, every year we have such turnover in international schools that it's either year or two years because usually your contracts are two years at a time. And yep. so there's always a rolling on and a rolling off. That's tough to build culture when people keep changing, right? Totally. And so um, I think that's great. I think they'll be completely applicable to anybody who wants to check that out. And I know your first book is on Amazon and you, I remember you read that one for Audible as well. So I'm going to yeah, do it for this next one too. But <laughs> That's exciting stuff. Well, I've always been passionate about that because when yeah. I, if I know somebody and they wrote a book, I like to hear their voice because they Absolutely. say it differently. They say it the way they say it. It was hard though. Good gracious. That's yeah. hard. So besides all that, what yeah. are you super excited about at the moment? I'm excited that someday soon sports will return. <laughs> we, we desperately, I need that. PGA return is trying to return June 11th and they're going to go four weeks without fans and then just kind of see where they land. But just to have it, to watch, I've been watching the Michael Jordan last dance thing. It's awesome. And it makes you feel like, okay, life's somewhat normal. The truth is life's never going to be, what the normal we knew is gone. It's just going to be a new normal that we have to transition in. And I hope people are wise, be smart, but at the same time, we're, we're going to have to live again soon. And this has been a really important world scenario that everybody's had to do well. I'm excited for, for this podcast. And I think the reason is, it's, it's nobody's telling me what I got to do with it. I have nobody guiding it. It's just me. I get to talk about it. For me to create content that's mine and interview people, my friends, introduce you to my friends is really cool. So I think those things, and I'm really excited that it's warming up and it's going to be warm for the next six months. So, well, you know, it's funny because most folks who've listened to my podcast for a while, it's a labor of love, man. Like I've been creating content for this all on my own. I do all the editing. I do all the producing. Right. I do all of it. So the first two years, I got like five episodes, six episodes out. Like I could do it right. every couple of months, right? And But during this COVID thing, I put out, <laughs> 13, out. 13 episodes, man. And yep. so things are, you know, picking up. There's some momentum, but uh, I'm with you. But see, I will 
tell you there is hope because we're we're six or eight weeks ahead of you guys yep. here in Asia with now we're you know we're grappling with how do we reopen school how do we reopen borders how do we right. cope with people importing the cases you know all, how do, how does that workflow how does that look and so I will tell you there is a light at the end of the tunnel oh, of we never really fully shut down which was nice because we can still go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee if we right. need that's an essential bu- business in the education business fact but, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you got to get there Chick Fil A um, is my essential business I, over here. I heard that and and so it's it's crazy so i need to ship yeah. you some i would love some chick-fil-a I'll tell like, you. like right now if you yeah. could have anything from chick-fil-a yeah. what would you order i you know it'd be the ice cream cup man i'd be going with ice cream i am dead serious that's my fave but no i i think i'd right. have um i'd have chicken fingers i mean because i don't okay. eat bread well i'll take that back you know what i'd have a biscuit because Darn i right can't eat biscuits biscuit. i can't eat biscuits because it doesn't have yeast in it so i okay. can eat that so yeah i'd go with so you're you're biscuits. you're a yeast free zone right I'm a yeast-free zone, buddy. Okay. Uh, anything to do with yeast, I can't have it. So Oy. it makes me sick as a dog. So yeah. Anyway, so Tyler, who do you follow for inspiration and what kind of books and apps and blogs and stuff you recommend for people? Gosh, there's a lot. That was a lot. That's a lot in that question. I'm inspired by leaders that make the most of their influence and opportunity, but do it in a kind way. Like I mentioned, Kevin Olsola from Pentatonix. I mean, he has three Grammys and they've sold 10 million records as an, as an acapella group. That's ridiculous. And yet he's one of the most humble, kind. He's spending his days trying to serve people. Devon Franklin, another one, you know, like I mentioned, Hollywood producer who spends his days being generous, talking about healthy marriages. They, they inspire me. I interviewed a friend named Brad Montague. Brad's one of the most creative artists I know. He built this little brand called uh, Kid President. And it was his little brother at the time. And dude, they ended up on Soul Pancake with Rain Wilson from The Office. And they've interviewed the president. I mean, they've been in the Oval Office because it was just this I'm inspired by people here's you know honestly this goes back to I still have some things stirring in me that I want to build potentially and my problem is this is I, I would say it's a problem but you would see it as an as an opportunity as I do down the road it's just painful right now I've been around too many world changers now I just have uh, people who had saw an emptiness saw a need saw whatever and they filled it and they built influence and they grew as leaders because it did some people are never around people like that they just go through mundane life and they're okay with their own little world. As long as my own little world doesn't shatter, life's good. And who probably even in this season, nothing's changed a lot. They're just not going to their job and the person or whatever. I just, I can't live like that. I've been inspired by too many people who have my friend, Jeremy Courtney, who currently lives in Northern Iraq and Syria, who serves refugees day in and day out, who continues to fight for the people that live there. I see Jeremy when I think about quitting or doing something simple. You know, there are days and I'm, I'm saying this not to, there are days I want a, a job that takes no brain power. I want a job where I could go and just, and again, I love working in a lawn. You know, some days I just want to buy a lawnmower, a good, nice riding lawnmower and just start my own landscape business. So I put my headphones in, cut the grass and I think about it, but that's not what I'm made to do. If I said yes to that, then I'm saying no to, to the other things I, I believe, you know, for me that God's calling me to do. And I just, I got to be faithful though. So people that do that inspire me. A couple of leaders that I love to read, if anybody, Simon Sinek is probably my favorite leader to read. He's been with us a few times. Patrick Lencioni is one of the best leadership guys I know. The book I'm reading right now is Atomic Habits by James Clear, New York Times bestseller. And then I also have Iger, uh, Bob Iger, Disney CEO, and his his latest book. Just the, those are the kind of people I want my brain filled with like, you did what? That's crazy, but it doesn't sound that hard. You know, those kind of things. I want to be inspired by people who just move things forward and go, yeah, let's go. Let's figure it out. Let's go get it. So I don't know if that helps or not. No, that's great, man. 
again. And those are great folks. And it's a different group of folks to follow than I yeah. think probably have been on the podcast before. So, because in, in most cases, we focus strictly on not only education, but yeah. international private education and, and that kind of thing. So yeah. it's nice to broaden that. And I well, think and a, you know, another educator is Brene Brown. And I don't know how much you guys know about Brene, but oh, she talks yeah. about vulnerability. You know, she's a researcher at Houston and she's been with us a few times. And I love Brene. I love everything she talks about. You know, she's a little rough around the edges and that's kind of her personality. <laughs> and that's okay. I love it. I love it. You know, that doesn't matter. She talks about being your real self and she talks about being vulnerable and learning how to rise when you fall and things like that. She's incredible. Well, listen, I know it's getting late there, Tyler. It's morning here, so what? I'm just getting started. But, um, and I know that you, uh, you value your sleep. And so I appreciate you meeting with me. But if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, it's just at Tyler Reagan. Again, R-E-A-G-I-N. That's all the social pieces. And then uh, the podcast is the Life Giving Leader podcast. And then you go to TylerReagan.com. It's got all the all the different elements, the book, yeah. the podcast, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I'll have it in the show notes as well, because I'll pop this up on YouTube first for everybody just to check it out. All six people will enjoy it. <laughs> Listen, I'll have all that on there, but oh man, I appreciate you meeting. Yeah, I'm glad we got to catch up, even if it's being recorded. uh, (laughs) Even if it's been recorded for for later use, but thanks so much. And I hope folks will have a chance to listen to your podcast. I'm excited for it. And I look forward to those first 10 episodes that you're talking, or 12 episodes that you're talking about. And um, I've enjoyed your Catalyst ones. And I know I'm going to enjoy this one because I I feel like it'll be even more with your fingerprints all over it, which will be fantastic. That's the only fingerprints on it. the only fingerprints around. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks. Tyler, thanks for, thanks being for having me. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.